Well, good evening, and take your Bibles, turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 59. Isaiah 59, everything's new here. I like this new pulpit, there's more room, and the, the floor, I, I, don't, I feel like I should take my shoes off, I don't even want to walk on it. Uh, a few days back before they had laid the planks, at least so I thought, I'd come out here and it was just the board underneath, and but I didn't realize they just the only spot where they laid the plank was that stair over there by the piano, and I go and I of course that's where I go to step. I go and step and I, I see Rob Judge look over and I'm in the middle of my step and all I hear it's like slow motion, no, and me what. Oh man, fire was coming out of his eyes almost. But so I'm a little emotionally scarred after after that, and uh, I still feel like I should be taking my shoes off. But this passage of scripture—it's much much like that, really. The children of Israel were in a spot where a spot where they shouldn't have stepped, a spot where they shouldn't have been, and uh, find them blind and in dangerous surroundings, uh, looking and longing for a brighter day until God steps in. And if you have your Bibles with you, and in Isaiah 59 and verse one, it says this, behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, and your tongues have muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave spiders' webs. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and he that... Uh, and and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are works of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity, wasting in destruction in their past. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar like bears and mourn like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. For salvation, but it is far from us. Our transgressions are multiplied before thee. Our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us. And as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying, against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood and judgment is turned away backward and justice standeth afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter. 
Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. The Lord saw it, and it displeased him uh, that there was no man. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. For he put on righteousness as a a breastplate and a helmet of salvation upon his head. And he put on the garments of vengeance for clothing and was clad with zeal as a cloak. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before your presence. And Lord, we're thankful that we can sing. Lord, that your presence is here with us as we know that. Lord, we're, we're reminded with your mercy as, as we thank you for. But Lord, at this time, I just pray that you take the word of God, you multiply it, Lord. You would speak to hearts and areas that you want the Holy Spirit to work in, Lord, that you would use me as I am nothing, but I call for you as, as I surrender. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. It's quite a heavy passage of scripture, really. Uh, Israel is in a spot in their life uh, that they're not at a very good standing before the Lord. And we find Israel, first of all, looking for a brighter day, but it, they can't find it. Looking for a brighter day, but they can't find it. Why? Verse 8 says this. The way of peace they know not. The way of peace they know not. First of all, they didn't really have a real relationship with the Lord. They didn't know the Lord. And that's really what it comes down to in the world today, is that people don't know. the People need the Lord. If, if our society, if, if the world would realize the, the power that is uh, with the name of Jesus, they'd be flocking to his side. But sadly, uh, many there be that go astray from the Lord, that are on the wide, wide path. They didn't know the Lord. It says, uh, the way of peace they know not. Uh, their sins are listed as we just read from verses 2 to 7. But when a, a, a nation... When a nation lacks the presence of God is when a nation begins to erode. Now, your opinion about Canada is your opinion, but I think we can all agree that we have stepped back from where we used to be. We're not at the spot where we used to be as far as our relationship with God. There was a time before my time, but there was a time where the word of God was in school. There was a time when more people were attending church. More people had a, seemed to have a relationship. There was a time when more Bibles were being distributed in our land. There was a time when people seemed to be a little bit closer. But as time goes on, it seems like we have stepped back. They have stepped back. And what are we seeing now? We're seeing the beginning of erosion taking place. You know, in my backyard, I've got a ravine. And there's trees along the shore of that little ravine. And some time ago, I don't know if you remember, we had a, a windstorm, and uh, a lot of trees went down. But uh, down in, in my backyard, there's a bit of a, 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 a valley. Not a lot of wind goes back there. Uh, I had that windstorm, and yet I had a water bottle on my picnic table. It never blew over. But I had three trees that went down. Why? Because there was erosion taking place. The Bible says, if the foundations be gone, what shall the righteous do? Uh, we're at that spot maybe where it's the beginning point in our nation where we're starting to see some erosion take place. It was happening here in Israel's time. Uh, 
at this time, we, in our, and we think about our nation and we think about depression is at an all-time high, unprecedented. Uh, addiction is destroying and killing more people than ever before. And the devil would really love it if we would just blame things of this world, like COVID. The devil would love it if this or that, or you know, if we, if we fixed our eyes off God. But really what it comes down to is we need to get back to the Lord. <clears throat> the Bible says... Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his inheritance. You see, many people want, the, they want help, but they don't want the help that comes from the Lord. The psalmist said, uh, my help cometh from the Lord. I will lift up my eyes to whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. So they didn't know the way of peace. They didn't know the way of peace. And perhaps you're viewing online, perhaps you're in this auditorium this, this evening, and you want help. You know that your life is in despair. You know that you're missing something in your life. Don't think that you could be able to fix it without the Lord. The Lord needs to intervene and help you. Uh, the Bible even says here, referring to peace, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, I give unto you. Isaiah 23 and verse, uh, Isaiah 26 and verse 3 says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Romans 15 33, Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. We think about the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Genuine Christianity produces something called the fruit of the Spirit. The first three fruits are love, joy, and what's the third one? Peace. Peace. They were missing this element in the nation of Israel's uh, existence at this time. The way of peace, they knew not. Erosion was beginning to take place. Secondly, there wasn't a standard of truth. And that's dangerous. There wasn't a standard of truth. Verse 8 says, uh, And there is no judgment in their goings. There's no right. There's no right. Maybe they were battling with the same uh, thing we're going through today, Uh, moral relativism. And and I I don't believe in replacement theology. I'm not saying that this passage is referring to us in our day. It's strictly, it's talking about Israel, but there's some similarities that we could take note of and some applications that we could learn from, perhaps. There wasn't a standard of truth. And don't we see that battle today? I mean, you, you can't, you're not able to stamp truth on gender, and there's just different things now that they're... T- I was looking into the Aunt Jemima thing. Oh, man, I'm going on a rant now. And the Aunt Jemima, they want to get rid of this Aunt Jemima, replace the name because they think it's racist. And I looked into it, and from, from liberal sources, I looked into and had to see what they had to say about it. And they really could come up with nothing other than it's a stereotypical belief that people have. There's no truth behind it. In fact, you, you ought to be proud that, that uh, this lady built a business. It's something to be proud of, but because society has a stereotypical view of something, they stamp truth on it, thus saying it is true because of the opinions of others. But in, the, in Israel's time here, one of the things that's listed is, and there is no judgment in their goings. They had a problem. There was no standard of truth. There was no uh, uh, area to, to place a, a trust in. No judgment, the Bible says. There was a verdict. There was no verdict. There was no sentence of formal decree. Justice, including a person's right and privilege. 
That was missing. That was missing. Thus, resulting in a widespread of confusion. Look what it says again in verse 8. And they have made them crooked paths. Whoso goeth therein shall not know peace. Thus resulting in a widespread of confusion. Not really knowing where to stamp truth. Not really knowing where to draw the line. The opinions of others were kind of now transferred over to truth when it really wasn't. It's similar to what we're going through today as a nation. So they were looking for a a brighter day, but they couldn't seem to find it. Now they, they seem to long for a brighter day, but it's out of sight. Look at verse 10. For we grope for the wall like the blind. We grope for the wall like the blind. Now, if the lights went out here, uh, their natural reaction would probably go down to the wall and, and use this wall to guide your way out, wouldn't you? You'd guide your way out. It's, it's, it's now giving an example on how Israel was. They were really, they, were, they, they couldn't see. They, spiritually, they couldn't see. They were depending upon the circumstances around them to direct them. How many times do we grope for the wall? Oh, you know, this person talked to me like this. So we, 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 do, so, we do something that might please us. Oh, I'm going through this pain or that pain and I need this. We're groping for the wall or, or whatever it may be that comes in your life where you rely on something other than God. We're almost groping for the wall for direction, for stability, for help other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in this passage of scripture, It says, we grope for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. Now, a time when the sun is the brightest, a time when when there shouldn't be any hindrances to being able to see, where God wanted to do a work, where God wanted to uh, outpour his blessings upon this nation, as the noonday, it was as night to them. It was as night But things began to change. They were blind, they were hindered, they were in a place of despair. As a result, we see in verse 14, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey, and the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. Judgment working itself up into the, uh, into the uh, judiciary, is that even a word? Up into the judge uh, and, and, and the higher court system was corrupt. Much like the days that we're living in right now. Not that truth ever could fail, because Jesus is the way, the truth, but that the people disregarded it. But, but we see here as Isaiah lists out the sins of the nation, and it was in verse, uh, the first couple chapters of this, of this of, uh, first couple verses of this chapter, it was their sins. It was their sins are multiplied. Um, it, was, it was their sins. It was the nation's. But now we see a transfer unto it's our sins. It's our sins. 
And we, we see that in verse 12, for our transgressions are multiplied before thee. Our sins testify against us. Our transgressions are with us. And as our iniquities, we know them. You see, the sin of the nation then transferred onto everybody. And Isaiah is taking accountability for what's taking place. So you may ask yourself, when do we say enough is enough? When do we take a stand and say, we're going to worship the Lord? When we get to the spot where we say, their sins have become ours. The sins of the nations are now, if we obey them, they're our sins. Don't think we're there yet. But that's something to think about. Their iniquities are now our iniquities. And if we obey certain areas, if it becomes our iniquities, we sin against the Lord. Therefore, we cannot obey. We see a comparison here in verse 13. In transgressing and lying against the Lord. There it is right there. If people would realize we're not, we're not sinning against one another. We're transgressing against the Lord. We're departing away from our God. It's a comparison against you and God. This, this nation against God. The comparison wasn't among the fellow citizen. The Bible says for they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. We look pretty good. In fact, a comparison, an improper comparison, is a hindrance to salvation. Many people will say, well, I'm not as evil as my neighbor. Uh, I start to look pretty good when I compare myself among my other fellow human beings. But the comparison is not against you and another person. The, I, I used to, when I first got saved, I read that there is none good, no, not one. And I wondered about that. I wondered about that. As Canadians, we're pretty good people. We're pretty polite. We, we, we hold the door. We, we shovel our neighbor's driveway. We, we, we're polite. We're, we're helpful. We're, we're considered uh, among the nations pretty polite people, pretty good people. Yet, my comparison was wrong because I was comparing among, among ourselves. But then when we compare our life to God, we start to look pretty unholy. When we start to think about the Ten Commandments and how much that we've broken and, and how, fall, how far we've shrunk away from it, we don't look so holy. So you have to have a proper comparison. The, the, prayer, the, the comparison now is in the proper place in 13. They say, we have, are lying against the Lord and departing away from our God. That being said, we, we see this passage of Scripture, and we, we see and know that they were really in a bad spot. They were in an evil place. Yet, God was going to step in. God was going to step in. Many look for brighter days but cannot find them. Others look, uh, long for brighter days, but they seem to be so far off because they are looking in the wrong areas. By the way, these are kind of elements to revival. We have sinned. And when a nation realizes that, we have sinned. We have fallen short. We have, we have gone and departed away from our God. When a nation realizes that and repents of it, revival takes place. Verse 16, simply entitled, look to the Lord. And he saw, God saw, that there was no man 
and wondered that there was no intercessor. Two things God's, God takes note of here that are missing. First of all, there was no man. There was no man to, to stand in the gap. There was no man to execute judgment. Jeremiah 5 and verse 1 says, Run ye to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that executeth judgment, that seeketh the truth, I will pardon it. Ezekiel 22.30, I sought for a man that should uh, uh, make up the hedge and stand in the gap before the Lord, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. There wasn't a man at this time. There was no man. There was no intercessor. There wasn't a person uh, fit for the job. There was nobody qualified uh, to intercede on the behalf of Israel during this time. Therefore, God saw that. He took note of it. And he, it says, and he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. No man, no intercessor, no, no one to come between or to entreat, to lay in wait. Uh, no person to intervene on the behalf of another. You know, we have earthly intercessors. We have lawyers that go on our behalf to present our case to a judge. Things like, this may seem silly to you, but a waitress will um, uh, communicate on your behalf to the cook on what you want to order. They will intercede on your behalf. Or a friend might put in a good word for you at a workplace. To, he might intercede to try to find you a job. But far more, listen, far more than a judge, far more than, uh, than a waitress, there's no comparison. We have Jesus. Amen? We have Jesus. Uh, Jesus to take our petitions to the Father. Uh, Jesus to represent our case to God. Jesus to intervene on the behalf of other. There is power in the name of Jesus. You can talk about God and you can talk about religion, but start to talk about Jesus and people get mad, don't they? Why? There's power in the name of Jesus. God stepped in and he said, I'm going to send Jesus we talk about Jesus at this church. There was a fellow that came to me once. He's like, I like your church, but you talk a little too much about Jesus. I, I said, we make no apologies about talking about Jesus, for it's at the name of Jesus every knee's going to bow. There's salvation in the name of Jesus. God wondered the thought of being stunned. Therefore, action needed to take place. Therefore, his arm brought salvation in other words, God stepped in. Do you remember the day that God stepped in in your life? Remember the day where you were in a desolate place, a place of emptiness and brokenness, and then God stepped in? Remember the place where you thought, I could never go to God. I could never understand his word. I could never pray. But then Jesus stepped in. Here in this passage, Jesus, God says, one day Jesus is going to step in. The disciples thought they would surely perish in the middle of the sea. Master, carest thou not that we perish? Until Jesus stepped in. Uh, Lazarus and his family thought their all hope was gone until Jesus stepped in. 
No water to drink in the wilderness. Children of Israel, God stepped in. No doctor to cure her disease. God stepped in. A legion of demon, no hope. God stepped in. She, she thought that she was, uh, they, they caught her in the very act, deserving condemnation. Jesus stepped in. Sin and on your way to hell, Christ stepped in. No hope without God in the world, Christ stepped in. No man, no man, God says. And he saw that there was no man, no man. So God sent the God-man. First Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh. For he, hath made him, uh, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. No intercessor, I'll send Jesus. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Therefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto him, seeing he ever liveth and maketh intercession for us. We have God that makes intercession for us. Think about that. No, think, about a, think about a court. You ever been to court? You think about you're standing before the judge. You're not worthy to present your case, but there, there comes in Jesus, and he's able to present your case to God because we go through Jesus Christ to intercede to God. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather is risen again. Who is he that uh, he is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Go to, over to Numbers 21. Numbers 21, we find Israel again in a, in a situation they shouldn't have been concerning them and God. And they go to Moses, and Moses intercedes for them on the behalf of Israel. Numbers 21 and verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Children of Israel were tired. It had been a long journey. They weren't at home anymore. And it seemed to them that they were leading on their own understanding. And they, they, they thought the, the journey would be much quicker to go a different route. But God said, you're going to compass around uh, the way by the Red Sea. And because of that extra long journey, the people were discouraged, much discouraged by the way. Verse five says, and the people spake against God and against Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, neither is there any water, our, and our soul loatheth this light bread. So now they're speaking against God and, and they're not thankful for that which they do have because they were being provided with manna, but they didn't take that into consideration. And they said, we're starving. We're basically going to die of hunger and we hate, we hate, we don't have any bread and we hate the bread you're giving us. They're contradicting themselves. So they're really not seeing, uh, they're not being thankful to the Lord. And, and God takes that very serious. Very serious when we're, we, we're not thankful because in verse six, the Bible says, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and they bit the people and much people of Israel died. 
What a, what a scene this would have been. What a scene. You know, they're complaining. They're, they're continuing on their journey, and then bam, fiery serpents come. I think it was a saw-scale viper because the saw-scale viper has this fiery venom that when it bites you, it produces a fire in your veins, and it produces a, a long and slow death. Not like the cobra. If you were bit by the cobra, you'd die quickly. But the saw-scale viper was in this area during this time. So he sent this, this fiery serpent, and people are getting bit everywhere, everywhere, left, right, and center. And people are dying. It's a, it's a, it's a horrible time. But after much people died, then they come to entreat after Moses. The Bible says, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned. Oh, there, there's where it all begins right there. Realizing that we have done wrong before God. Realizing that a nation and a people and a group have done wrong before God. That is when God can do the work. He said, they said this, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee I pray and pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us and Moses prayed for the people. He entreats, he intercesses to God. And when, when we get real with God and realize who we are and who he is, that's when the healing takes place for we see a remedy that takes place. In verse 8, and the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. There's a remedy right there. There's a remedy. All right, Moses, get a snake, put it on a pole, tell everybody that all they have to, they don't have to touch it, they don't have to bow down, all they have to do is look. All they have to do is look in faith, and they'll be, they'll be whole, they'll be, they'll be cleansed. Sadly, there was many that already died who never got this chance because they didn't come in time. Their hearts were hardened. But the, to the others, remember the saw-scale viper? If it was that, if it was that, if it was the saw-scale viper as a fiery serpent, they had plenty of time to come. It wasn't a cobra. They, didn't, they weren't going to die in a minute or two. They had all day and even longer to come. They had time to come. It was their choice if they would die or not at this point. But he said, I want, you to make a, I want you to make a fiery serpent, and I, I want you to put it up, I want you to put that serpent on, on a pole. Now, that's an act, of, to come to that serpent and to look at that fake snake is an act of humility. Think about this. That snake, those snakes, they killed my child. I have that snake, that snake, it bit my mom, and my mom is dead my grandparents and, and my cousins and, and people have perished because of this snake. And now, Moses, you have the audacity to tell me, come and look at a snake. Some of, them, some of them were hardened, I'm sure. No, I'm not going. I don't want anything to do with a snake. I don't want anything to do with, anything to do with looking at a, a serpent at this point after all the harm it's caused in my family. But some of them humbled themselves and they said, okay, I can't stand to look at a snake right now. Well, I'm going to humble myself, and I'm going to look. And the Bible says in verse 9, And Moses made a, a, a serpent of brass and put it upon a, a pole, and it came to pass that if, a, uh, that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. 
I'm sure they, they were dragging some of their family members into that place, into the camp where the, 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 the pole was and the snake was on that pole. And they were just dragging, dragging their, their family members and their family members who were about to die. They could feel the life being sucked out of their, 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 their very existence. And, and just, just look, Dad, just, just look to the snake. They feel, they feel within themselves life returning. They feel within themselves uh, their existence, going. It's, everything is gonna be okay. Why? Because God has a remedy. The people realized who they were, sinful people. They realized who God was. He's got a remedy. And so go over to John chapter number three. Jesus talks about this passage of scripture to Nicodemus as Nicodemus is wondering about the doctrine of being born again. He's asking Jesus, how can a man be born when he's old? John three, you know the passage of scripture. He that is born of the spirit is spirit. He that is born of the flesh is flesh. But if you look at verse 14, Jesus is saying this to Nicodemus, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Think about the, the, the time in that camp where there was poison in, in the veins of many. Many were dying, but those that looked in faith were healed. Jesus is relating that same story. He says, whoever looks to me, I'll heal them. Whoever looks to me, I'll forgive them. But it's a look, it's a look of faith. To be cleansed, we got something far worse than any venom that we're all born with. It's our sin. It's our sin that'll take us to hell. It's unbelief in the Lord, but he's the one that can redeem the sin. He's the one that can forgive it. And you say, why? Why would Jesus be represented here as a serpent? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man. Why, why, why would he reckon himself to a serpent? Serpents are evil and they're wicked. They're, they're not holy. They're, they're nasty things. Because all the sin, listen, all the sin was placed on Christ. All your wickedness at Calvary was placed on Jesus. He became sin for us who do no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Have you ever looked? As many as looked, lived. Have you looked to Calvary? Have you looked to Calvary? If you haven't, look to Calvary. Look to Christ. My brother, look and live. Looking for a brighter day, but couldn't find it. Longing for a brighter day, but it was out of sight. Because they were looking and longing in the wrong direction. My encouragement to you, no matter where you're at, the nation of Israel, this or that, God had mercy on them. And God could have mercy on you too. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Look to the Lord today. And dear Lord, we thank you. Dear Lord, I think about my life, how just an undeserving of salvation, undeserving to be able to, to come before you. Oh, but I remember the day I looked. I remember the day I placed my trust in you as personal Savior. I remember the day I started to live. I thank you, Lord, for that. I think about somebody 
perhaps in this room, Lord, who's never looked, who's never placed their trust in you. I pray they have the opportunity to do that today. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, stand to your feet as the piano plays. If you want to come pray, come pray. Perhaps your heart's a little moved with the thought of salvation this evening. Perhaps you've never made that decision to give your life over to the Lord. You say, Cody, I've, I've never done that before. Would you, would you pray for me? I'm not a child of God, but I'd like to be. Here's my hand, pray for me. Anybody like that today? Just, just pray for me, Cody. Here I am. I'm not saved and I'd like to be. I'd like to be. Come do business with the Lord as he leads.